When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. Also, I'm going to throw another title out there, uh, Fashionista, as Espo has named me, the Fashionista of uh, PHNX. So thank you so much to Espo for yet another title. Uh, and of course, thank you guys so much for joining us. We are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Doing great things right now. We're having a lot of fun with it here in Arizona now that we can use it. So go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our code of PHNX. And for betting $1 on any football game this weekend at all, college, NFL, doesn't matter. Uh, I don't think you're... I don't think your friend's backyard pickup game is on there, but, uh, you know, real games are on there. And then you'll get $200 instantly in free bets for making that $1 bet. So check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Again, thank you guys for joining us. I am joined by my friend, the very well-dressed Professor Jesse Friedman over here. Not Thunderstick tonight. He's coming as the professor tonight. Jesse, how you doing? Well, I I had to dress for the occasion. I heard it was an audio podcast, so I, you know, I had to look good. It seems excessive. Um, it seems excessive. I know we're going to uh, have a mock trial tonight, but uh, I feel a little intimidated. I am here in a tank top because it is tank season. I wanted to match <laughs> Baxter from our graphic, so uh, I am not prepared. And here I, here I was claiming to be the fashionista, and you show up in a suit, man. What the heck is going on? Uh, I wanted to talk about some of the Diamondbacks news. Obviously, they were off yesterday. Thursday, but they did have some some news today before today's game. They started a game uh, with the uh, three game series with the Astros on Friday with Madison Bumgarner on the hill in game one. They reinstated Cole Calhoun from the uh, injured list and they put Seth Beer on the 10 day IL. So what are your thoughts on Calhoun coming back before the end of the season? Did you think you were going to see him uh, again in, in the right field this season? Honestly, I kind of forgot that Cole Calhoun plays for the Diamondbacks. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he's played 36 games this yeah. entire season, and we are almost, you know, we are almost to the end. He's missed over 100 games with injury, but yep. I think it's just so fitting, Derek, that the Diamondbacks get Cole ha- Cole Calhoun back. And of course, Seth Beer goes on the injured list in return. It seems like they've never taken someone off the injured list without putting someone else on. Right, right. right. It's like this weird balance where, okay, you can have this guy back, but in turn, we need to sacrifice (laughs) this guy's hamstring. There's a lot of hamstring sacrifices for this team this season. Or shoulder dislocations. Yes. Whatever it is. Right. (laughs) Calhoun is hitting 238 this season in uh, 130 at bats. Like you said, not very many at bats, uh, 10 RBI. I think at times he's been uh, explosive. You know, I think that he's been very fun to watch in the outfield as well. I think I I didn't, I didn't know what kind of defense we were going to get from Calhoun when we picked him up, but I've, I've enjoyed 
you know, him out there when he has played, it has just been that factor of him playing. He was great last year. He was probably the best hitter on the team last year. But I mean, you add together, I want to say he played 48 games last year, 36 this year. The guy has like barely played 80 games with the Diamondbacks, even though they signed him to a two-year contract. It's just crazy how he just hasn't been able to stay on the field, even though he's really been a pretty durable player throughout most of his career with the Angels. He was pretty reliable for them, but like we talked about yesterday, the Diamondbacks are cursed and these are the kinds of things that they deal with, right? I'm glad you got on board with that so quickly. Uh, <laughs> the The team does have a team option for 2022. Do you think they're going to pick that up on Calhoun? We could maybe do a podcast on that. That's a really interesting topic because yeah. Calhoun, I mean, it, it's not, he was really good last year. As we said, this year he's been hampered by injuries. The Diamondbacks could use some more outfield depth. He's left-handed. This team is very, very left-handed. So I think that kind of works against him, but I definitely wouldn't count it out. I think what we brought up the other day, because we're doing a lot of questioning about whether guys should be brought back and a lot about whether or not the Diamondbacks should proceed with a rebuild or, you know, at the very least parting ways with some of the guys that have been the core of the current team and moving on with the future core of this team. I think the one thing we brought up that still made makes the most sense to me right now is this team isn't deep enough to even be considering that right uh it's it's one of those things where they kind of need to keep as many of these position players and and add depth as as much as they can rather than looking necessarily to move on from their current roster at least at this point yeah we want them to clean house but like not yet (laughs) (laughs) They, they kind of they kind of need to bridge the gap to you know some of these young guys that we're getting excited about i'm not sure if they're all necessarily ready for a super full-time workload so that's where you know david peralta nick ahmed like we talked about the other day and cole calhoun could be in that group as well i think his team option is for nine million i want to say which which feels a little high for a guy who's probably going to end this year playing about 50 games or maybe less than 50 games sure so so maybe maybe that winds up being too steep in the end for a team that, as we've seen, doesn't really want to spend a whole lot of money right now. Um, but he's a he's the type of player you would want on your team next year. I think the bigger thing about it is it's hard to look at this year's numbers and make a decision. If you look at last year's numbers and think about paying a guy that produced like that for nine million, you probably would in today's market even if it's just for one year. The D-backs are big about that, and I know that that option has to look good as far as it just being one more year. They would probably go out and do a one-year option with a veteran-type player anyway. You might as well bring Calhoun back, in my opinion. I just wonder if if Calhoun goes to the open market, what kind of money do you think he gets? That's I don't. Point. I don't know if if he's a free agent that someone's going to drop $9 million on a guy who's coming off a 40-50 game season. Yeah. So, you don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to overpay. It's it's tricky, but he's a That's he's true. the type of player that I want for this team going into next year. He could be be a potentially another guy though that we watch go away and then regain his form, come back to the way he was in two thousand twenty. Don't, don't start, Eric. Don't start. And then we're doing uh, you know, we're we're doing the X's bit on him. You know, <laughs> we're we're spying on him then. And we need more content. Him. That's fair. Well, we'll That's take, right. yeah, we'll exactly. Take it, yeah. <laughs> now it's tank season, Jesse. It's tank season. Uh, a tank season update, by the way. The Orioles and the D-backs are currently tied. And when I say tied, I mean tied. I don't know if the Orioles game today is over yet. I don't believe it is, but. As of uh, the start of this show, both teams 
had a 47 and 99 record with the Pirates pulling up uh, in, in third, a distant third at 54 and 92, uh, a respectable 54 and 92. But the D backs and Orioles locked in a dead heat right now for that number one pick. And I'll tell you, man, the more I'm doing research for a piece that's going up on gophnx.com right now, the more excited I get about Elijah Green and his his potential. He has been called at times the next Mike Trout, and I am starting to buy into that just a bit. Well, so have a lot of guys who did not become the next Mike Trout. I'll, I'll throw that out there. <laughs> it's not the first time the comp has been made, Derek. So I love the comp. No, no, don't do that to me. We need to. We need that comparison. I love the comparison. I need the next Mike Trout in our franchise, right? Which isn't even a great comparison because what you're telling me is we're going to draft a really great player that's going to be good on our team until the end of time, but the rest of the team will not be, right? Like if that's what happened with the Angels, I don't want that happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, your tank season update, we're recording this on Friday evening. So as it stands, as we record on this Friday evening, the Orioles are losing and the Diamondbacks, as we speak against the Astros, are currently uh, tied to 0-0 here on Friday. So we'll see how things pan out. Um, But as of right now... It's not impossible that both of these teams could lose number one hundo here on this Friday <laughs> evening, which what it's a getting exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah the race is heating up. <laughs> See, can't talk about the playoffs. This is just as exciting as the playoffs. Tank season is just as exciting as the playoffs. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, like I said earlier, was on the is on the bum tonight uh, for the D backs. Uh, the DK Sportsbook app, uh, the DraftKings, excuse me, I'm using, you know, abbreviations over here because I'm really familiar with them, you know, but the DraftKings Sportsbook app had his strikeout over under tonight at four and a half, and it was really tantalizing to me. It really was. But then I remembered Bumgarner doesn't really strike guys out that much, and five <laughs> strikeouts actually started to seem like a bit much. He did come out in the first inning and get one strikeout, though, so, you know, it is what it is. I'm I'm just analyzing everything now and I'm taking a look at I'm I'm just I'm all I'm all in now, Jesse. I'm all in. You know? Uh I'm having a lot of fun with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And you can too, because again, you can download that. And you know, to add the excitement, DraftKings is giving all customers an exclusive no-brainer offer. Uh, on top of the using code PHNX and getting two hundred dollars in free bets instantly for betting just one dollar on any football game, DraftKings is giving all customers who sign up now a shot to double their money if Arizona or Minnesota scores one point during this Sunday's football game. Uh, one point. That's it's. I've, I've beat this point to death, but football works differently than baseball, folks. And one point is very easily scored in this sport. Uh, DraftKings is a safe, reliable, and secure app, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. And again, there's some great offers on there besides just the Minnesota and Arizona game with the one-point offer. You can, uh, again, use our code PHNX, and you'll receive $200 in free bets when you place that $1 bet on any football code. Again, that's promo code PHNX to get your $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. 21 and over only, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only for free bet promotion. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Maximum $50 wager for the no-brainer offer. One per customer. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And yes, Jesse, I've been scouring the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app 
for any information I can find potentially on Tori Lavolo possibly staying with this team. There's no app. There's no, uh, there's no player parlay. There's no special up there yet, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see at least some people taking some sort of action on this. It's the talk has really heated up. Uh, it's been on everybody's mind at this point. And obviously it's because of uh, the, the contractual uh, situation with the diamondbacks and with Tori Lavolo as well as other factors, but really it's been the losing that everybody right now questions him as manager and whether or not this team should bring him back next year. Jesse and I have decided that based on Jesse's reception to his article about keeping Tori Lavolo and why the D-backs would be wise to do so on gophnx.com, we are going to have our first edition of Night Court. We're going to Night Court, folks. Jesse has no idea what that is, by the way. Uh, that is a reference that has <laughs> aged me a hundred years in his eyes. And I will never forget how old he made me feel on this day. With that being said, we are going to now debate the case of whether or not the Arizona Diamondbacks should debate or excuse me, should retain Tori Lavolo. Uh, the honorable public is presiding. Uh, the prosecution is myself, <laughs> Mr. Derek Montilla. The defense of Mr. Tori Lavolo is Mr. Jesse Friedman. Jesse, please, I will allow you to have the floor first. Are you ready for this, Derek? I'm ready for this. Blow my mind. My mind is I, ready to be blown. I don't think you're dressed for this. I have my okay. well, Obviously, I'm not dressed <laughs> for this. You came in a right. suit to an audio <laughs> podcast. What kind of monster does that? I lost. I lost before this case even started. This all started, by the way, for all of you listening, because I, you know, I just posted my article today. Or I think it was yesterday. Uh, I wrote an article called, you know, should the Diamondbacks bring back Tori Lovello? And I simply posted the article with a very brief caption on Twitter. And it was like I'd murdered everyone's children. Everyone hates you. <laughs> Everybody hates you. You are the worst. It was the dumbest idea ever. So I'm hoping that everyone listening, I'm hoping that, you know, a fair amount of you are here because you agree with me, but I'm also hoping that some of those haters are here among us. Um, and like my friend Derek are also going to learn their lesson here. this oh, evening. Oh, oh. So, so here we go, ladies and gentlemen, let's go. I'm going to, I'm going to let my article do most of the talking here. Um, it is, you know, it is already up on gophnx.com. Go check it out. Basically, here's here's my case. I am not here to say that the Diamondbacks absolutely have to bring back Tori Lovello. I okay. don't think that he is, you know, someone who, you know, has earned so much respect and, you know, has gotten all of these great results that, to the point where we we have to bring him back, right? But what my research said, and I went into writing this article with a very open mind, what my research has led me to believe is that he is not the problem with this franchise. You look at the things that Tori Lovello, a manager, has direct control over, which granted is not many things, right? There's not that much that a manager has direct control over in the game of baseball. The I, will, players, I will confirm that, that a lot of people, I think, think the manager does have more to do with the transactions and the players uh, being called up, sent down, all of that type of stuff. Like you right. said, 
he actually has very little control or even input on that. I'm sure his input is valued by Mike Hazen, but that's the front office's duty to to make those calls. So, so you basically you already agree with me, Derek. I'm already I'm oh, scared to have you on board. Is... <laughs> Wait until you hear my counter. All right, all right, here we go. So, uh, so let's look at the things that Tori Lavello does have control over, right? And there's not many. Um, but one of the main things, of course, is pitching changes, right? This is the most tangible thing that a MLB manager controls during the game. And this is actually, I think, a point of critique for Tori Lovello when he first became manager. A lot of people thought that his hook wasn't quick enough, right? That he would leave guys in and it would backfire for the team. He should have gone to the bullpen earlier, right? If you look yeah. at the numbers, um, the numbers confirm that. Uh, Tori Lovello allowed over a thousand uh, allowed his his starting pitchers to face over a thousand batters the third time through the order in his first season on the job back in 2017. This year, that number is down to 648, and it has steadily decreased basically every season on the job. So his his hook is as fast as it's ever been. And not only that, but this season, despite the disaster that we have seen in those situations facing uh, opposing hitters for the third time through the order, the Diamondbacks pitching staff has actually been pretty middle of the road. Uh, which for them is a, is a positive, right? <laughs> they're, <laughs> right. They're, not, they're not really a middle-of-the-road pitching staff. But in no. those situations when Tori Lovello has trusted them to do that, they've actually performed in a way better than they, than they normally do relative to, uh, to the rest of the league. So that's one thing. Uh, other things that managers have control over, right? Um, on some level, base running, right? You know, how aggressive are we going to be? When are we going to choose to send guys? That sort of thing. The Diamondbacks have a 79% base stealing success rate since Tori Lovello got here. A lot of that is probably due to our good friend, Dave McKay, who's one of the best in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, even he hasn't been around for this year due to, uh, due to an injury in the clubhouse that happened back in March. And the Diamondbacks have still, despite the disaster of this season, um, have been one of the best base running teams in baseball. Um, and, and the last thing I'll bring in here, Derek, before I let you have a word in this conversation is uh, the defense of this Diamondbacks team. And I am fully willing to acknowledge that there have been many moments where the defense this season has not been pretty. There have been people bumping into each other. There's been all sorts of embarrassing things that nobody wants to see a major league level team do, right? But if you look historically over Tori Lovello's tenure, the Diamondbacks have consistently year over year been one of the best defensive teams in baseball. And I remember when Madison Bumgarner signed with this team, one of the main reasons he brought up was that the Diamondbacks played more fundamentally sound baseball than basically any other team out there. And I think we can all agree the Diamondbacks this year have played a number of players out of position, right? Dalton Varshow's playing center field, Paven Smith's playing center field. They've got all these guys playing positions that they just don't have a whole lot of experience with. And, and for me, that's a pretty decent explanation why so many of these mishaps have happened. Tori Lovello's talked about it. He's dealt with it. He's done his part. Um, and, and I think he is, uh, overall, if you consider his entire body of work here, the Diamondbacks have been very fundamentally sound um, in the aggregate, just looking at his entire body of work. So, Derek, I'll turn it over to you. Good luck. Well, thank you for giving me the floor, Mr. Friedman, Professor Friedman. I don't want to disrespect you. Now, Obviously, with everything you said, I cannot debate the facts. The facts are what they are. I will start off by addressing the court and saying this. I like Tori Lovello very much. I like him as a manager. I respect him as a manager. And I like him very much as a person. I've covered this team now for 10 seasons. 
And I think he is one of the best human beings I've ever been around that's been associated with this team. He's sincere. He's just a great person. To even have to take this position against Lavolo kind of hurts me a little bit because he knows my dog. He knows my dog's name. They've, they're friends. So I don't want to sit here and put Tori Lavolo on blast. I will be the first to say that it has literally been a series of unfortunate events like we talked about in the very first episode of this show that has, has occurred to this team. We've talked about it feeling cursed. We've just talked about everything going wrong for this team. It's frustrated me to watch Tori Lavolo uh, as a manager, change his decisions and question himself as this year has gone by because of how difficult this season has been. Lavolo at times has been like a driver stuck in traffic where no matter what lane he picks is the lane that's backing up. He gets in the middle lane, that fast lane backs up and starts going. He gets back <laughs> over the fast lane. Now that the one backs up and the middle lane starts going. It doesn't seem like he can make any right calls, no matter which direction he he goes. Like you said, I've seen him make calls where he pulled a pitcher that was doing well out because they were, you know, getting high in their pitch count and the bullpen came in and blew it. I've seen him leave guys in because they were doing in the very same series because he just questioned himself from the night before. And then the starter stayed in too long and they blew it. It's probably been the most frustrating year of his life, period. Uh, especially with all the things out of his control. But with that being said, that doesn't change the fact that there is a good chance this season is going to end up as the worst season in D-backs history. Record-wise, they set the longest losing streak in team history. They set the longest road losing streak in MLB history dating back to 1900 in the modern era of baseball. It's been an absolute embarrassment. And I will be the first to say that not all of this is Tori Lavolo's fault, but as you brought up, the mismanagement of pitchers, the mismanagement of information and giving guys too much information, I think like Bumgarner revealed, I think at times that Dan Heron, as an analyst for this team, might at times be doing more bad than good with the type of information that they're putting out. I don't know. At one time, he was heralded as being you know, an analytics genius and that the information that he was providing was really helping this team. Now what we've seen is pitchers like Robbie Ray and others leave. I know you pointed out like Taiwan Walker's numbers this season are comparable to when he was here, even not as good. So he's kind of come back down to earth. Ray is still up in another stratosphere. And so are other pitchers and players that have left here during Lavallo's tenure. That's a reason why uh, I know that's out of his control, but still, I just can't understand watching someone like Ray here for as long as we have watching him go off and, you know, basically become the Cy Young award winner where he never looked like he was ever going to be that while he was here. It, it, I never even had, you know, like he was a strikeout guy. Robbie Ray was fun to watch. Like we talked about on yesterday's episode, he was their one a guy projected there for a while. He just never really lived up to that and he was never consistently like he has been this year i i don't know how to explain that other than there has to be something with this coaching staff in in some way shape or form the other thing i will bring up now is just this franchise's history bob brenly was fired midway through the 2004 season after winning a world season series for this team after bringing the state of arizona its first major championship in our history Bob Brenly was not given more than uh, halfway through that season because of the performance of the team that year. 
it's understandable for them to part ways. But if someone like Brenly didn't make it longer than at least the end of his season, I will say that Lavallo has not done enough for this franchise in order to qualify for him to stick around any longer. I will say that his time here hasn't been that much of a success for him to end up being the longest tenured coach uh, manager. Excuse me. I know coach isn't a word we want to use with this uh, manager in, in D backs history. But my final thought is the fans, right? This team changed directions in its first year because of the attrition of season ticket holders. That's the reason why they pivoted from a long-term plan of building a farm system and making this team a winner eventually to knowing that they didn't have that grace period here in Phoenix with fans to want to watch a losing product from an expansion team. They pivoted and they made this team a World Series winner in three seasons. The reason was was because of the attrition of season ticket holders. The Diamondbacks at this point need to listen to their fans as consumers, right? If they want a change of direction, then that's the direction the franchise needs to go. And I don't think at this point, continuing to put Toy Lavolo out there would retain fans or get people to come back to the stadium next year. I know it's, I know it's harsh, but it's a business. And when you walk around that stadium and see how empty it is, they, they need to do everything they can to try to rejuvenate people's belief in this organization and bring fans back to that stadium. That is an, is an imperative. I've said it many times, but the visiting fans right now are keeping the lights on at Chase Field most nights. So I really think right. that the Diamondbacks need to do things with the idea of getting fans back excited about this team and in the building watching it as, as much as possible. Unfortunately, it seems like at least on the Twitter, that's my that's my, my only sounding board that most people want Lavolo fired. And I think or not fired because they would they would just part ways with him after the season. They just don't want the D-backs to bring Lavolo back after the season. I think it's fair, I think it's respectable to mutually part ways after the contract is over rather than firing him. I think they could have done that at some point in the season. People have asked, who would you bring up? I'd probably bring up Crone, to be honest, from AAA Reno and have him let him give a, get a shot at managing. He has a relationship with a lot of the youngsters that are already going to come up to this team. You have to admire what he's done in Reno and how guys develop very well there. I don't have an answer for what happens between Reno and, and Chase Field, and it can't be all the thin air of Reno. It's got to also be the fact that you know, there's there's some transitional managing things that Crone might be a little better at than Lavello. I don't know at this point, but I am convinced that this is the direction they should go. I thank you for your time. Are we sure you're the mayor of PHNX? Is that, is that real? All I know is that an election was held at one point. Votes were cast. I was notified. I didn't make it up. You know, I don't, that's an accusation I don't like is the making it up part, but uh, you're right about the PHNX part. Uh, If people want to get quality content like your article and my article coming on this uh, whole uh, very, very relevant curse situation, you can get that at gophnx.com. And there's no better way to do that than to become a member. Uh, Becoming an annual member gets you access not only to our written content, but it gets you exclusive members only deal and you get a free t-shirt 
for signing up for an annual membership. You can check out those t-shirts over at phnxlocker.com. You'll also get access to our members-only Discord where you can get away from the social media BS and just talk with us and your fellow PHNX members. Uh, If you love what we're doing over here and want to support us on this journey, become a member of the family today and either get your free T-shirt for your annual membership or if you just want to try us out, you'll get your first month for just 50 cents, depending on which option you choose. Uh, So check us out. Like I said, Jesse's article has caused quite the stir, not only (laughs) on Twitter, but everywhere. And I hold it up to you guys to listen to this podcast and tell us who you believe in. Obviously, it's me, but I don't want to influence right, right, right. decision in any way, shape, or form. Okay, I, I get to respond though, right there. Please, to, please. To, okay, okay. Please. So uh, I'll I'll make this quick. So your first one of the first main points you made was in regard to uh, Robbie Ray and you know the list of of Diamondbacks players who were you know just okay under Lavello. And then, you know, they change teams and suddenly they become stars. This is one argument that I've seen quite a bit on the Twitter. And of all the ones, I have to say it's maybe the most irritating because I don't think it's true. Derek, can you name for me, other than Robbie Ray, can you name for me another player or maybe another two players that fall under this category? Wade Miley. Wade Miley did not play under Tori Lovello. Really? No, <laughs> no, that was, that no was, way. Wade, Wade right. hasn't been a Diamondback for years. I know. Uh, I thought he. I thought he played under Lavallo. Uh, how about Andrew Chafin? Sure. So Andrew Chafin is the is the one other name that people brought up on Twitter. Andrew Chafin was like okay when he was a Diamondback. He wasn't great, but sure. You know, he went over to Oakland and now he's with the Cubs and he's been better. His peripheral numbers say he's probably not that vastly improved, uh, even though his ERA is super good. His ERA um, was 8.10 in 2020 with Arizona, and it is currently 1.52, Jesse. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll acknowledge Andrew Chafin. I still stand by the fact that over the course of his Tory Lovello career, Andrew Chafin was a pretty good pitcher, and now, yes, he's, he's sort of stepped it up a notch. But other than that, it's really, it's really just those two guys. And on the flip side, if we're going to blame Tory Lovello – for the guys who, you know, have vastly improved. We also have to let him take credit for the guys who were not that good and then came here and became stars. There's this guy named Cattell Marte, Derek. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. I've heard of him. He he, <laughs> he does he all right. Came here and was just, you know, he was a, a decent prospect. Nobody expected much. And he is now a superstar. He is not yeah. just an all-star, but when he is on the field consistently, he is a superstar. We've seen Josh Rojas take big steps forward this season. We've seen Dalton Varsho have a monster second half this season. Tori Lovello has had players come here who were not necessarily very highly thought of and have really, really thrived under his leadership. So I don't know if we can safely say that Tori Lovello necessarily has a hand to play in any of these guys' careers. I think it's probably more likely that they just sort of did this on their own But if we are going to blame him for Robbie Ray and Andrew Chafin, we also have to credit him for Cattell Marte and Paven Smith and Josh Rojas and Dalton Varsho. And I could go on, but I don't think I need to because I think you understand what I'm saying. I get your point. (laughs) All I'm going to say is my, I think my biggest gripe with Toyo Lovolo can be summed up in an Albert Einstein quote, which is everyone is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. 
And I think at times, Tori Lovello just makes guys change positions. And I don't know the reason why. I don't feel like it's because naturally we think Cattell Marte will be a better player at center field than he was at second base. I don't think that's the reasoning behind that. I think it was a need situation, and I think that's a lot of his uh, adjustments to guys playing out of their natural positions that they would probably be best at. That, to me, I don't believe is for the benefit of the player. I feel like it's a mismanagement of a roster, and you're forcing guys to play different positions. I will concede, though, on your point about the former players, far too often we lump them all into one big lump thing and act like they all happened last year or over the last three years, right? Yeah. Like Max Scherzer was a D-backs yesterday or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's really just a trait of this team, unfortunately, but it's also a trait of small market teams. They are usually in a position to draft guys right. that are better. They are usually bring guys up and, and from the farm system and make them a good player and give them reps. And that's where they kind of get to a point where their contract might be too expensive for that small market team. Someone else picks them up and now they're a superstar on the Dodgers and they're making the Oakland A's look stupid or they're making the Mets look stupid by picking up guys like Justin Turner and Max Muncy off the scrap heap and making them into superstars in L.A. I, you know, that's why baseball is such a fickle game. I think that's why the draft doesn't matter that much in baseball because you really never know what you're going to get, you know? And oh, I, I thought no, it was pink season, Derek. I thought we had to have the number one overall pick. Historically, <laughs> the number one draft pick in baseball is pretty good. Like when you go back the last 20 years and look at all the number one draft picks, except, for, you know, except for the ones over the last few years, obviously, that haven't yet um, sure, kind of sure. come up through the system. They are all really good players, but there's a lot of all-stars and great players there. I just want, at the end of the day, the D-backs to have their pick of their player, and that's really what it comes down to. I just don't believe I – I don't know. I don't know if I want Tori Lovolo to be the man managing those players when they come up, and I know that would be way down the line, but you know this is where we're at right now. So you guys decide. I think Jesse made a compelling argument, um, but he's again, of course, wrong when compared do, to do me. I, do I get a final statement? Do I get? A Please, final I'll yeah. I'll let you uh, I'll let you have the floor with your uh, final remarks. Okay, okay. So I think all I'm saying overall in the end here is that if you want to let Tori Lovello go, you can. Right. As you said before, this is sort of a clean time to do it. Right. His contract is over. You can mutually part ways. It doesn't have to be, you ugly. know, this big thing. Right. Yeah. You save some ugliness. The Diamondbacks have a horrible record this year, which I don't think is really his fault. Um, but sometimes that's how baseball works. Right. We make yeah. sort of we make the manager the fall guy for a bad season. That's sort of how this game works. If you want to do that, fine. I just think you have to be open and say, we're doing this because Tori Lovello is the fall guy. We're not doing this because Tori Lovello is incompetent or has, you know, has proven that he is incapable of doing his job. So that's, that's my argument. I think it is okay to let him go. I don't think they have to bring him back. I think there's something to be said for having, you know, a new young voice in the clubhouse to usher in this next generation of players, as I wrote in my article. But if you're going to let him go, just call it what it is. We're, we're sort of letting Tori Lovello be the fall guy for a season that has gone really bad. And I'm sure he has some part to play in that, but he is going to be snatched up very quickly by another organization that wants a, you know, a manager of his caliber that wants a leader of his caliber 
and someone that players still look very, very highly, uh, highly up to. And then we're going to be spying on our exes all over again, aren't we? <laughs> all comes down to that. We God. may, Derek. We may. Tori Lavello may be the next. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if I like this idea anymore. I think you might have convinced me. We'll see. Um, but thank you guys for checking out the show. Before we leave, I just wanted to give you all the DraftKings pick of the week from the PHNX D-backs podcast. I know we, we talked a little bit about the over-under on the strikeouts for uh, Madison Bumgarner. I, and I know we're a baseball podcast, but I still have to come back to football uh, for this weekend for my pick of the week. You, you obviously have to take the one-point bet. I'm just putting that out there because if you like to double your money, you can do that on that bet. There's, 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 that's, that's easy free money. But another thing about that game is the Cardinals right now are four-point favorites on the DraftKings Sportsbook app over the Vikings. And I'm taking that action. I think that the Cardinals are – uh, have proven to be an explosive team this season. I think that the Tennessee Titans are are much better team than the way the Cardinals made them look in the first week. And I watched every minute of that game because I had one of those parlays. I'm new to all this, so don't think that I'm going to know what I'm talking about when it comes to like parlays and such. But I hit one, so I guess that qualifies me now as an expert. But I would definitely take the Cardinals as a four-point favorite over the Vikings. I think that uh, they will at least win by a touchdown over the the Vikings. So, um, but you can find great content, not just, not just bad picks from guys like me, but we got the PHNX bets podcast over there and you can check out the guys, Shane and Johnny, they are giving you good information. And you know, if you're catching us right now on YouTube, you can make sure to subscribe to us on all of our other podcast services you can get us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast make sure to subscribe to the phnx dbacks podcast and if you're listening to us on one of those apps right now uh we want to remind you that we are cranking out awesome content all the time i love the content i know i'm biased but my family is doing good content over here at phnx sports so make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel so that you don't miss any of our shows uh last of course you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook uh my Twitter account is cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse's account is Jesse N. Friedman, but all roads lead to PHNX underscore sports. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Jesse, you make a compelling argument, sir. But more than anything, you look great in that suit. I just want to tell you that. You look pretty good in the tank there. Yeah, it's tank season. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, kids, baseball is so much fun, but it's even more fun when you bet on it. I promise you. <laughs>